0: Saludo, mi gente. Welcome to Dismantling the Fuckery, the podcast where we deconstruct the illusion and unleash the fabulosity. I'm your host, Gohena Angelique, your fierce, neurodivergent Jew, poet, and an advocate for decolonial liberation. So get ready to dive into the messy, uncomfortable, and transformative work of dismantling the systems of oppression and the limiting beliefs that hold us back. We're here to reclaim our power, embrace our magic, and rise into fabulosity. So grab your cafe, your tea, I don't know, maybe you need a shot, and let's get into some fuckery. Saludo mi gente, it's your girl, Kohen Angelique, and we are going to dismantle some fuckery here. So, sometime last week, I posted up the uh, Praying for a Miracle post, and I said, in praying for a miracle, I realized how strange it is to call being loved by the goddess a miracle. It is not an extraordinary happenstance. It is an act of love to be cared for, and it is as natural as gravity. And so what was happening for me is that I was in this moment where, you know, I was having this experience and I was like, you know, I'm going to be praying for a miracle. I'm praying for, you know, like, uh, um, how do they say, you know, when the clock is like at 11.59, you know, a last minute, extraordinary happenstance uh, that's a surprise. <laughs> and it was, and when I was doing that, I was re- just reflecting on afterward, like after I had the initial moment and I was like, wait, back up a minute. Now, what you have to understand about me is that I am always A-L-W-A-Y-S, always ways moving in between these like questions and and contending with ideas or theories or belief systems and all of the stuff while simultaneously holding my own experience Um, and what's present for it. And what I mean by that is that I'm always looking, this is what, this is why I do the, I teach the way I do and speak the way I do, because I'm always in the world of play in that way, in terms of how are we thinking? What is the essence or the point of this, all of those things. And then I'm also aware of my, like my own process. Like I may need to do this right now that not is not necessarily, um, entirely uh fully expressed with the belief that i hold for it so for example i come from an extraordinary amount of faith my mother was a person who taught after its own kind i mean shit would happen she would magnetize the most amazing things right and things would happen in equal measure to an extraordinary amount of fuckery but that's not for this this conversation Um, And so I come from that. I come from this trust and belief that the floor is not going to drop out. The floor is not going to, the rug's not going to be pulled, right? In that way. Now, one of the things that, that I have had as an experience in this lifetime is that while I have these extraordinary Belief, And, you know, like I'm like anything is possible. I understand that as humans, we're moving through processes and that at certain seasons and times in our lives are our, our lives, our ability to give life to something may be compromised because the particular stage or experience is actually emotionally overwhelming, transforming, traumatic grief filled or transitionary. What I mean by that is like, if you're going through a huge life transition, you may have a harder time holding the container of hope or faith for something that you're aiming toward in that particular place. You can't give life to it because your system is overwhelmed. If you've experienced any grief, any loss, heartbreak, any of these things, huge initiations into another season of life, transformations, transitions, it is going to be part of the process that your shit is going to, be. it's like a gas tank. It's going to be a bit low. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I think that there's a lot of stuff out there where people are talking about like doing and creating and all of those things and, um, kind of the solution to your struggle type of mind, right? Like if you're struggling, what you need to do is address your belief system. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. I'm not, I'm not arguing about that. Um, because belief is to, to give life to right. B E L I E F. I always misspell this shit every time. So that could be misspelled, but anyways, is to give life be and, you know, be and live it right. And so, you, yeah, you have to check those things, but also that these times and transitions in your life are actually quite extraordinary in themselves, and may make it challenging, especially if they're dense in nature or and or traumatic, to for you to hold like the possibility that, or give life to any other feeling, any other reality, any other experience. And so at some point, I want to talk about what's possible in that time, because it feel if you may feel and I'm sure I've felt this and this is why I'm talking about I've felt the times where I'm like, I can't even see a future. These last past couple of years kicked my ass I thought the shit I went through as a kid, as a teen, as a young, like I thought that shit was, and it was traumatic. Listen, abuse in any way, shape or form. And I experienced all of them. They don't, you know, they're a fuckery in and of itself, but this level at this stage and age in my life where, and I'm going to go through the rundown. I don't know if you've heard it before, just bear with me, right? I've simultaneously had, like I went through years ago, I mean, it feels like a, a really, really long time ago. It's years. It's been years. Don't worry about it. It's not a recent. Went through a very traumatic divorce, was in a really fucked up marriage that was very toxic, painful, and abusive. Uh, went through the divorce that was also fucked up, painful, and 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 just whatever. Um, then to try to get on my feet. And then my mother getting sick and, and dying, and then COVID hitting, and then getting sick with COVID. Uh, and then going through a lot of stress and financial challenge in, in ongoing through the process. Right. And then on top of that, then uh, my grandmother died and then, um, you know, COVID's coming out in terms of like, you know, people are returning to work and shit like that. Life starts to kind of take some form. Next thing you know, boom, my family is smacked with the news that my dad has cancer. And then we start on that journey and then he passed away last year. Right. That amount of fucking, and that's that the natural definition of trauma, the scientific definition of trauma is too much too soon for the system, for the human system. And so what happened is that here I was fucking, I was so rough on myself because I felt like, how could I not have faith in better? How can I not create my experience to be great? Like, you know, why am I struggling? Why am I experiencing this level of like uh, suffering in addition to other fuckery that was happening during that time? So hit after hit after hit, it's like uh, me giving you a whole bunch of things to hold in your arms. And then I'm expecting you to be able to receive more when you're not going to be at, you're at capacity, you can't hold anything else. There's no space for anything else. And your emotions are not going to be grounded enough because they're going to go and come in waves because grief goes and comes in waves. If you're in an initiatory time, that shit has its own container, like whatever it is, it has its own space. So you can't, you don't have a regulated sense In order to build or give life to something in that way. So if during that time in your life, whatever the circumstance is, you know, it has an up and down dynamic. You're in actual transition. It's like liminal. You're in between. And somebody tells you some bullshit. Around, Like, you know, you're not like being able to sustain. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, I actually do not have the capacity right now to receive the words you're saying. So I would like not to have this conversation right now. It is not helpful to me. Instead of sitting there and hearing it and taking it. And then next thing you know, you're feeling really unheard and really, um, self-critical, Right. So here's the permission slip that when you're going through a lot of shit that's painful and life is handing you your ass and you're taking hits, a little bit more kindness and a little bit more gentleness with yourself and a little bit more space, the change you're longing for, the thing you desire is already and is unfolding in your experience and you are still going to go through and move through your process right? It is necessary. It is a necessary part. And so if you're, if we're talking about the thing that you desire is, you know, financial stability or the thing that you're desiring is a healthy romantic relationship, all these things that you may be, um, calling in because they are already an experience for you, right? Like it's, it's, it's your thing. Um, it's really allowing yourself to, uh, understand that it will be, it will show up in your field. All of those things are wonderful. But if you're talking about basic survival things, those things you might need to get need to get support to meet that in a different way. And one of the things I've been thinking a lot about um, is actually this <laughs> thinking about what would it look like to create something that can support entrepreneurs or that can support people who... Uh, whose livelihood relies entirely on like themselves, not necessarily that you have a job, right? Because a job may have uh, FMLA, a job may have provisions for experiences, or some don't. So that's another thing. But right, for the most part, that's a different orientation. But who helps entrepreneurs when our shit goes down? Now, naturally, you should be planning for this. you, you we should all have. Contingencies for a hard time, but some things you can't see. I would have never been able to see that for fucking four years in a row, I was going to get my ass handed to me by death and grief. There was no way to plan for that shit, right? And that it was going to take me out because it was complex death. And what I mean by that in complex grief is that there's a lot of layers to the things that happened with my mother and my father separately, the family dynamics separately. The childhood wounds that that shit, you know, just touched with the tip of its finger, um, you know, that are no longer it's not like they're gaping wounds, but they're things that ne- could never be resolved in terms of repair in a relationship. And I had to accept them as they are. Right. And that left it, it became a closed chapter once they died. Right. There's nothing that that can be done in that way with that. So when you have all of those things you're going to have an experience of it being super challenging and that we should have and build for ourselves a supportive um you know circle that can hold us during that time that can really step in to provide relief in a way that's doing things and not just you know encouragement right encouragement's great and if that's all you can give by all means offer that but things like food, things like, uh, you know, meals, I mean, food, both like grocery shopping or necessities. And then also like already done meals, things like that, things like, um, you know, support in the doing, because you have no idea how you're going to be operational or not, you know, your nervous system, your mind, etc. And so here's that, here's that caveat, thing that I like to do or the nuance that I like to bring because I think that it is insufficient anymore to treat it as if it's the people themselves that have a lack of imagination or a lack of belief. No, when you're going through something, you're gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna struggle just a little bit more or a lot of bit more to still hold your the anchor. And so you're going to have to have more coming in in terms of support and nourishment as a person to sustain you through that. But to create in that state is going to be challenging because your energetic capacity and your energetic reflection is going to not be as consistent as it would be. And you won't have the capacity to give it life in the same way as if you were not having all of those things going on in that way, right? And now you can create a container of something or a reality or an experience of something by just, you know, doing a hyper focus or throwing yourself into it. But that container is one you're building through your own strength and will have to maintain through your own strength. Versus building something that energetically is full and infused with the love, the devotion, the belief, all of those things that it continues to magnetize self sustaining energy and you don't have to keep, um, you don't have to keep at it in order for it to happen. See, that's the difference between creating with your own mind and your own shit and creating when you're interconnected to things that are greater than you and into the energy forces that move in this universe, right. That move in the world. And so coming back to this idea of a miracle, the miracle idea has assumptions that, you know, the surprise language is an assumption that it is not, it is not the norm. It is not, um, it it should not be expected, It should not be required. None of those things. This is extraordinary. It's a happenstance. And so when you apply the miracle language to uh, a desire or to a thing you're needing, it is insufficient and incongruent with with what actually is happening. And so here's an opportunity to begin to think about what you're believing. What assumptions are you working with when you're using particular words which are always incantations as a poet, a thousand, ten thousand 10,000 time, um, then 10,000% of the time, every fucking word is an alchemy of an energy that turns into the form of a word that then turns into form in our reality. So it's incantational. That's why we call it spelling. Um, you know what I mean? Like a language as shaped by words and cognition of the mind is actually meant to communicate and name the texture of an energy. And so when we're looking at the word miracle and we're looking at the context that it exists in, the assumptions are actually not aligned with what you're actually trying to do or experience. Because the assumption is, is that it's going to be a surprise and it's not the norm. When it's actually a part of your existence to experience joy, resource, um, happiness, love connection and connection romantically and connection platonically and self connection. It's all the connections and not in the, um, not in that structure of like, you know, you can have this piece of cake if you eat your dinner, not that shit. I don't even know where the fuck we get some of the things we get, but we just like, it's like being a tease. I think it's like a kink. You know, well, if you behave well, then you might get the thing that you're asking for, right? Rather than the understanding that what I'm, what, I am needing, or I may be perceiving that I'm needing is actually within my right as a human to experience. And that's the fuckery of this world, right? Where we have people experience hunger, experiencing violence, experiencing all these things that we are actually not, like we're not actually getting at or addressing, right? We're not saying there's food lacking. It is this person's right to have it. I'm going to go take food, we're like, you have to fill out an application to see if you qualify for the benefits of getting food. And when we give you food, what we're going to fucking give you is a large chunk of cheese. Anybody know that um that preda? Uh, it's that Spanish is the Spanish word for like we used to talk about Uh, you get it's like wick supplemental food or a church is offering supplemental foods and the quality of those foods. At times are great and at times are the shittiest thing in the world. And so back in the day, you would get this big block of cheese, literal fucking cheese for you to slice and pray to God that you have a slicer that will do it evenly. Otherwise, you're stuck with some fucking like weird ass chunks of cheese, which make it really difficult to put it in a sandwich if you're picky like I am. Anyways, I'm all about like uniformity and texture and all of that shit. And so, right, like dairy, dairy (laughs) that's a load of dairy for your system. Right. So anyway, so we don't, we, we have systems that are actually about qualifying worthiness for something. Do you qualify for it? And that actually continues to reinforce the state of mind that I am unworthy of it and that I must assume a posture that makes me worthy. And this is a dynamic, and please know that I'm speaking to this from the place of recognizing that we are conditioned in this way, and that part of our deconditioning is understanding that our worthiness doesn't lie in the correct behavior, it doesn't lie in all that other shit, that it actually is. It has no qualifying component. It has no proof component where you have to prove that you're worthy to be worthy but that your humanity is as important as mine and as anybody else's. And from that assumption, from the standpoint that we are all deserving for just being, then I don't have to ask for a miracle. I don't have to ask for a re- I don't have to request something as if it's far from my reach. I, my work in the process, whatever the thing I'm desiring, requesting or creating space for it to be given life to is something that I am going to spend my time resonating or like whatever the thing is, like meditating, experiencing, creating the experience of the energy that I want to feel in the thing, right? And so what I mean by that is if I'm operating rather than from the place of assumptions that are of my unworthiness so that I'm asking this miracle and this miracle having to do with my care, my love, all of the things in my life. If I shift that out from that place and from that positionality, then I'm able to say to myself, okay, uh, and I'm going to go with a hypothetical. Let's say it, this is going to sound so cheesy, but just bear with me. Let's say I'm like, oh shit. Okay. I, I need light and light costs money, right? Light in my house, uh, electric rather, right? And that electricity costs money and I need electricity. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how can I be worthy of receiving the electricity? Like what's going to make me a good candidate to get it? It's fucking light. I need the light. Right. And so my job, instead of being like, do I think I'm worthy of having my light paid so that I can see or I can, you know, whatever the light is giving you? Or is it really about me inhabiting energetically the experience of having light in my house, flicking on the, you know, the thing, the flicker mabob, right? Turning, you know, the actual engagement of it already existing. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to do things that are going to help me. And this is about access point. If you visualize, visualize. If visualization doesn't work for you, don't fucking visualize. Stop trying because it's just bullshit. It's because you, some of your superpowers actually have other components of sensory connection. So maybe you need To have that experience of stepping into the sun as it lights your face. And when you feel that, you imagine that to be the light source, a light source, an electric light source for your home. And as you're engaging in that experience, then you're doing things that people would do when they have light. Right. Like it, it sounds dumb in that way where it sounds very foolish or simplistic, Or perhaps I can be oversimplifying it in the way I'm communicating it. But really finding the sensory access point to inhabit what is already true, what already has life. And that is needing what it actually needs is the spaciousness to show up in this. Right. To show up in this form that where you can palpably experience it. Right, it already is. It's almost like something. It reminds me of—I don't know if you remember this movie. It's actually a really creepy movie. Um, it's with uh, Kevin Bacon, and he's the Invisible Man, right? So it's the equivalent of this like invisibility thing. And you know how he, when they're invisible, when he's invisible, any Invisible Man because it's many movies, um, th- when he's invisible, you can't see shit. But you you watch in the movies that there's this people get a sensing. Like there's something in the room or there's someone in the room and they keep on turning around because they feel the energetic texture of it. That's the same thing. And then what happens is what do you have to do in order to see the invisible man? Well, he either has to put some fucking clothes on or you're going to put some sort of substance or shit on him so that you can see throw a blanket, throw throw paint, throw something So you can actually see him. What we're doing is actually learning what it looks like to throw paint on something, uh, to put clothes onto something, and that we're actually in the process of that when we are activating or the desire for something becomes alive in us. You know, when I think about uh, romantic relationships, right? I'm single. And when I think about the idea of the type of um, partner, man, that I would like to be with person that I would like to be with. I think of it in the space of feeling the texture. I mean, literally I can feel this person's energy. I can feel I, I'm a monogamous person and (laughs) heterosexual monogamous, um, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, although very queer in my, in my movement of, in my mindset and, and all of that goodness, uh, but recognizing that I, you know, the way I move tends to be in a way that uh, has uh, conforms to the structure, not because I wanted to. It's just my particular like uh, preference, right? In terms of um, how I express my uh, sexuality. Having said that, I think about the energetic texture of this person. I spend time sensing into that. Um, experience, right? And I know that we have all different beliefs around whether it's a soulmate or whatever the thing is. I particularly would like to have the experience of building a life with someone that takes us to the end of the road, which would be in this dimension, the grave, right? That would be wonderful. Whether it happens or not, you know, whatever the plans are, there they are, but those are my personal desires. And so I am holding in that space. I am holding for that thing. Not how can I adjust my thing for what I may perceive as an external experience of reality, but that I am able to really lean into throwing paint on this thing so that I understand that it is in existence already. So if I want to feel lush, if I want to feel these things, and these are things that has taken me so much time to come back to a center in, not because I don't know how to fucking do it, nor any of that shit, right? Which is sometimes such an insult to one's spiritual uh, intelligence. Um, but what it actually is, is when you ha- are going through a lot, it becomes difficult to hold the texture of that, to hold um, the energetic resonance of it. And then you may experience a transition and a change that actually changes your primary superpowers or primary way of sensing in the world, like a vision board or envisioning versus feeling it entirely. The most optimal thing would be to use all your senses in order to engage in the experience of already like what you desire or what you're wanting or what you're feeling Uh, that is emerging and already exists in you, already exists in your reality, and that it's unfolding and becoming. It's becoming tangible in this realm because it already exists. And it is not based on worthiness. It's not how many monkey tricks can you pull, how many hats out of your ass can you pull, or rabbits or whatever, rabbits out of your hat. Um, Yeah, that went a little south, so let's not use that. But you know what I mean? Like, whatever it is, you get to actually fully step into a place of inhabitation. You get to fully step into a place of really giving yourself the compassion and really coming from the place of knowing that it already is for you. And that's what caught me when I said it, right? It's like I was like, you know, I'm praying for this miracle. I'm like, oh, God, is this miracle it is not a miracle that she, that they, that whatever your cosmology is, but for me, that Shekhinah, the Hashem, that, you know, God would, would want to care for me, would love me enough to care about my basic needs, right? And I spoke about this in the last podcast. It's like, what in the fuck <laughs> the world are we living in that we would not have an interest in each other's well-being? that we would not have an interest in each other's lives or needs or desires for that matter what what the fuck did we do as humans that we created a world where we can be experiencing um we can be experiencing need for something or not have access to something and that we try to qualify quantify and um create a uh, filter of worthiness for that that's insane basic human needs that's bananas and so when we come to this place we understand that we get to offer we get to share we get to move resource we get to be supportive for each other we get to be a support when we are overwhelmed with so much challenge transition pain fill in the blank right and that it doesn't it is no longer a worthiness aspect Now, understand that I know that there's a difference and believe that there's a difference between having boundaries around things because there's people that would exploit it because fill in the blank. I get that, but that's not what I'm talking about. And that's not actually what's happening, right? What's happening is that people that need have a need of something the most in this dimension because of whatever their context is or their experiences, et cetera, um, are not being resourced are not being supported and are going through, unimaginable suffering, right, that should not be part of our human equation, uh, given the beauty and given the world we live in. You know, there is enough for everybody. There is enough for every human being to experience a beautiful home, a beautiful plate of food, a warm environment, To be loved and cared for and not abused and exploited and taken advantage of. That we live in a world where this is possible. It is fucking possible. And we are the vehicles of that possibility infused with the life force of cosmic energy or whatever the fuck you want to call it. So this invites us to a return. And a realigning and congruence of our language and the assumptions by which we are actually moving forward. And this is being intentional and being present and also being presently compassionate with yourself when you know you're getting hit left and right and your tank's a little low, baby. You gotta go get that thing nourished up. And by all means, I hope that if there's anything, any support I can offer in my work in the world, That you feel comfortable coming and and getting that support for yourself. And if it's a matter of financial support in terms of like you don't have access to money to pay for a session or whatever the case may be. Please check out the YouTube channel, right? Or join the Substack. That's a, you know, a much more accessible place. But don't go without because that's really, really hard. And I love you too fucking much to sit here and be like oblivious or or just self-focused there. I I am a human being and I'm built with the capacity to take care of myself and also support you. This is this bullshit where people are like, I only have enough space for me, not be, that's not how that, that thing is. That is selfish, right? Where it's like, you are always self-oriented, but when you're both and, When you dance between, I'm making sure that my cup is full and it's overflowing and that from there I'm offering you, right? And that it's a process, that it's an integration, that it's a dance. Then it allows us to move with an integrity that will never leave somebody without food, never leave somebody without their rent paid, never leave somebody without a roof over their head because we have the capacity for both and you are not going to go without because I think that somehow you're a threat. To what I'm, what I'm creating, or to my life, because I need more than you do in this moment. That's just a strange fucking. We're just weird with that shit. We have the capacity to hold for multiplicity and multidimensionality. So that's the fuckery I'm unpacking today. I hope that this, this was helpful and nourishing, and I hope that moving forward, you are able to find a way and be compassionate with yourself wherever you're at to allow yourself to inhabit the sufficiency and enoughness of being the beautiful divine light that you are. And I will talk to you next time. Hasta luego mi gente. Bueno mi gente, thank you for joining me on this wild and liberating journey of dismantling the fuckery. Remember, we are the architects of our own liberation And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your people. Do all the things you know what it takes for us to keep these frequencies rolling. Together, we will transform the world from a place of fuckery into a realm of unapologetic fabulosity. Stay fierce, my loves. Stay fabulous and keep dismantling. And if you want me or need me, yes, you heard me say that right, you know where to find me at priestessingliberation.com. No morita. Adiós.